This is SMQB's episode 25. We are one quarter of the way toward the tattoo episode that everyone's waiting for. Uh, fun episode tonight, NBA Finals discussion. Then we go into our Olympics preview. You will not want to miss uh, the discussion about the badminton tournament, which is going to be one for the ages. Uh, of course, we have Punchable Face of the Week and a Ted Lasso for Ted Lasso. Check it out. This is SMQB's episode 25. We are a quarter of the way towards tattoos, fellas. Hey, um, this episode, House, this is the Devonta Smith trade sweepstakes episode since apparently the Eagles do an excellent job of trading away all their first round picks. It's not really too early is to start talking about this. Not happening. Not happening. But we are rumored to get Deshaun Watson for our quarterback factory. Boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Should we just make him punchable face of the week right now or what? Let's get it over with. Yeah. All right. Let's get this show going. Uh, we are all sober this week. Uh, that How is different Vegas? from last week. We're not talking about Vegas. You know the rules on that. NBA like finals update. Before oh, boy. Started. I was trying to get past this. You know, I for our listeners, I was not able to to uh, participate in last week's podcast. It was a but blessing I did, I for did you. notice that. Uh, with me not there, that the entire Stanley Cup final was sort of just swept under the rug. There wasn't much mention at all. And there, I think it's no coincidence because I wasn't uh, in attendance. Uh, you, it could be because you damaged it. Right. Well, you want to talk yeah. about that, Mel? That's, that's the only thing that was brought was up. The only mention is, the, is a punchable face. What do you have to yeah. say about that? I mean, are you proud yeah. of that? Hey, it happens. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised it, it doesn't happen more frequently. It actually, it does happen. In the long history of the Stanley Cup, only the Yahoos in Tampa have done that much damage to it. Absolutely. You know it, baby. Oh, we have it so so much here, so many days. I mean, it's bound to happen. <laughs> Throwing cobwebs there. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm the host of this Zoom meeting, and I could easily dismiss certain participants. And this is probably the closest I've come to doing it rooster rooster give us an nba finals update please sons and four all right all right or five for all those people out there who said oh this was going to be a snoozer with two undeserving teams you were wrong this has been an exciting uh, series and both teams have played like they're the two best teams in the nba uh the Bucks were the first team to win on the road. They've gone up three to two in a thriller in game five, winning 123 to 119. And the Suns played a great game. They shot over 55% from the floor and 90% from the line. Booker scored 40. Paul scored 21. Aiton had 20. But the Bucks just showed that even though the Suns rarely lose with those kind of stats, when their big three puts puts it all together at the same time, they really are a solid, strong team. I mean, Giannis had 32. He's no Greek yogurt anymore. He bullied Aiton down in the paint. 
Middleton had 29 and Holiday at 27 and just totally disrupted whoever he was guarding on defense. Um, and his steal against Booker at the end of the game and lobbed to Giannis for the winner just showed you just how strong this guy is. I mean, he's he's a beast. And CP3 looked bad when uh, Holiday was guarding him. I think he's I think CP3 is either hurt or has vertigo or something, but vertigo. he didn't look vertigo. like himself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there were some he's rumors falling that he down. had vertigo. Uh, maybe he's just taken too many flops and his and his uh, he's out of his is, brain is out of kilter. Is that what it was in Vegas? It was vertigo. Everyone had vertigo. Yeah, uh, could be. It could word. be. That, that it makes could sense. be. So now, so now the Bucks are up three to two, heading back to Milwaukee. I actually personally think, despite uh, some of our earlier predictions, the Suns are done. What does everybody else think? I say Bucks in six. Wow, that's prediction has changed dramatically in it the has last changed. seven days. No, it has changed. Uh, I, the The Bucks are looking strong. I talked to one of our big followers, Jay Urban, in Milwaukee, and he is going to be there game six tomorrow night in Milwaukee, and uh, he's feeling pretty confident that they're going to be pouring a little champagne after that game. I'd have a hard time at this point thinking that the Suns can bring it back. But you can't talk about the NBA Finals, though, without talking about arguably one of the – the greatest finals plays you'll ever see, which was the block that Giannis had on Aiton as they were about to tie game four. Um, talk about that, Rooster. Well, first I want to know what you think, Pope, because you didn't you have the Suns in five? I believe so. <laughs> I did. I believe he did. Who's what do you what is what is your prediction now? I just said I think the Bucks take it in six. In six. All right. So as as to Giannis's block, <clears throat> that. I think just illustrates how strong this guy is. I mean, when he and Aiton get down, Aiton is seven feet tall, right? Aiton's a big dude. Giannis's arms and shoulders are so much bigger than Aiton's that he just has finally decided, look, I'm going to stop hanging out at the three-point line and bull my way down low. And he is unstoppable, and he plays great defense. He can play defense all over the court, and that block was – maybe in the top, I'd say three to five of, uh, NBA playoff blocks right up there. with bronze ball time. Right, How's, right tell us with, about the Greek yogurt. Well, listen, I think because of his name, because of his MVPs, he's going to get the MVP of these finals. It will take a historically heroic performance for the Suns to send it to seven. I think the bucks wrap it in six, but the real MVP, I think rooster, alluded to it. The real MVP of this series has been Drew Drew Holiday because he has absolutely shut down CP3. And CP3 was on fire uh, in the Western Finals and uh, even through the first couple games, but they put Holiday on him. And Rooster's right. Whoever Holiday is on is on lockdown. And to add to that, He's had a great offensive series. He has been their MVP this series. They, I doubt they'll give it to him. I said before the series started that I'm not a Bucks fan, but I am a Drew Holiday fan. And if they win it all, I'll be very happy for him. He's played great. I do think that both these teams are deserving of a championship, but the Bucs are going to win uh, in game six. And that's going to be the first three, one, right? First in 50 years. Or 29 years, I'm sorry. Oh, they have one? CP- no, they won yeah, they had one with one. Okay. They had one with Lou Alcindor. Lou Alcindor, uh, yeah. And if, and a little if, known little known uh, fact is that the big O Oscar Robertson was on that winning team in 1971 as well. 
I think that's not little known, but that's a good Pope stat. Not um, a stat. He so, hasn't pulled up so a stat yet. For, stats fortunately, fortunately, I had to get familiar this week with going back into old episodes and pulling things out of them. So I fully expect for the next episode to be able to pull out from months ago when I said, you know, that the Bucks would win this whole thing. So Bucks and oh six. God. I think I'm just going to play it on a loop. I think you said watch out for the Bucks. Yeah, don't sleep on them. Don't something. sleep Let's on the getting... Bucks. But yeah, I think yeah. you have repeated that the last six weeks. So yeah, I'm going to we'll keep repeating it, too. It's about the only thing I've gotten right in sports in a long time, so I'm going to stick with it. Uh, CB3 played like he did in Denver. The, the Suns may have actually won game five. You know, they, 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 it was down to the wire, and you had a, you know, a young booker deciding he's going to put his head down and go one-on-three into the paint, and that's how Drew Holiday got the steal. But if... Yep. If Chris Paul was feeling confident, he would have been running that play and maybe controlling what the, the flow a little better than that. All right. Well, we'll get it. We're going to get an answer. So we'll, we'll get an answer to these predictions in a couple nights. So watch this space, as someone likes to say. <laughs> there was a little golf this weekend early in the day, but help talk to us about the Open. You know, I. We have gotten spoiled, I think, this year with the golf's majors. Uh, after suffering last year through no fans in the galleries uh, and just what was really an off year, notwithstanding some some great champions, the, the Masters with Hideki and the Phil winning the PGA Championship and John Rahm winning the U.S. Open has been phenomenal. But the, the Open crowned the champion golfer of the year, as they say, with somebody I, I really do believe is got to be the future, if not one of the, the future, one of the top three future players in golf. Colin Morikawa from the U.S., in just the eighth major he's ever played in, won his second major. Uh, he won last year in the first PGA championship he ever played in. He won this year in the first Open he's ever played in. You know, batting 250 in your majors uh, is a pretty damn good. Um, he was an absolute robot over the final two rounds. He was just on total autopilot. He finished his last 31 straight holes without a bogey, which is really hard to do in a course that's littered with pot bunkers and out of bounds and wind. Um, and yes, yes, uh, the conditions were down. In fact, it was the lowest scoring average in the history of the Open. Uh, but Morikawa was, was unbelievable. He had four bogeys over the final 72 holes. He outlasted Jordan Spieth, who, by the way, he himself won his first two majors in her, his first 10 attempts and then kind of disappeared. Let's, not, let's hope that doesn't happen to Colin Morikawa. But Spieth has come back. He's had a great year, um, and on Saturday, uh, Spieth was majorly in the hunt, was on the green in two for both 17 and 18, and three-jacked two consecutive holes. Dumb, short little par putts that he missed to go bogey-bogey. Uh, two-footer on 18. Yeah, two-footer. I mean, the kind that the we hole. joke around uh, about missing, and and – I think, you know, who knows what would have been, but by, by score, it was the difference. Only two 
players in men's golf history have won the Open Championship, the Open Championship, and the PGA Championship before turning 25? Colin Morikawa and Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. So he's in he's in pretty good company. Morikawa. He's a, a incredible swing. This year in the majors, he started out the Masters in 18th overall. Uh, PGA Championship, eighth overall, U.S. Open, fourth overall, and won the Open. He just built and built and built throughout the year. It was great competition. Um, the players shot lights out. Um, by the way, he was one shot, Morikawa, behind the lowest total strokes ever in a major. Um, had a great, great um, Open and was a very worthy champion golfer of the year. What was missing from it? What was missing from it? From the open. Well, I, I weather. I mean, wind. Weather. Yeah. Yeah. Weather was missing from never the Never showed up. It never showed up. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It was nice. I, mi- I, mi- I missed the final round. What happened to Ooze? He choked. I mean, he There's really that. just, he really, from the very beginning of the round, he was just feeling the pressure and he really just choked. Um, he did not play well until the final few holes, but by then it was too little too late. But, but to be fair, didn't he, he had sort of a spotty back nine on Saturday, right? I think he even commented something about, you know, he, he was losing his swing on the back nine on Saturday. I think he even said that in his press conference. Look, he was, he was at 13, uh, on the back nine on Saturday and he could have put some distance between himself and the field. And he came back uh, and and allowed Morikawa and even Spieth to hang around. Um, Usti lost it on the back nine on Saturday, and, he just, and like Hal said, he had nothing uh, really on Sunday, which is a shame because that is what his fourth major that he's finished second in in the last couple of years. Um, he's on an incredible streak, and you would think at some point he's going to punch through and get his second major. He must have been playing Cobras. Yeah. <laughs> Only off the tee. <laughs> I do I do think the other great story about not just this weekend, but the last couple of majors, it is great to see Jordan Spieth back again. I mean, Jordan yep. Spieth yep. was Colin Morikawa at the time. Yep. He was the phenom. He was the future of golf. And then he really disappeared, but he's he seemed to have gotten his groove back. And I think Spieth is here to stay. Um, you know, it's funny, we were all kind of watching together and texting and, and Spieth had the yips early on and, you know, milk texted, you know, he's just a, he's just a head case. And that, that had been Spieth of the last year, but he got it together. He rallied and really put some pressure on Morikawa. And I'll tell you what, Morikawa made some unbelievable putts on the par five 14th. uh, He was up, uh, by one and everybody else was birdieing that hole and he chipped up and left himself a good 25, 30 footer. And he drained it for birdie to create the space of two, two shots. And that was just an unbelievable putt. You know what I love about Morikawa in addition to his literally perfect swing. I mean, it is how smooth is that by the way? It's like the one you dream of. Um, but his, they all look pretty good. They all look pretty good to me. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> it's been compared to Bobby Jones. So that's his, pretty his, good. He's, he's got it up top. Like his mental game is strong. You can just tell. He's in control. 
the way the way he he talks about his game, his interviews, all of that. That's what I like to see. That's somebody who's going to go far with success. And, and so, I, I mean, I can, I, you know, his first, when he won the PGA, it was kind of like, all right, there's, there was no fans there. Wasn't that his home course? He went to Stanford, Harding right? Park. Harding yeah, Park. Berkeley. He went to Berkeley. Yeah. He went to Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, I think their home course. So I was like, all right, well, I don't know. We'll see. But he is, I mean, he's the real deal. That's think, a great point. You know, Harding Park, he was able to play those rounds with no one around him. He played here with 150,000 people yeah. in the galleries and a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, I can't wait to watch him and the rest of those guys at the Ryder Cup. I mean, it's going to be great this year. You look at our team, it's going to be stout. Is that is that Whistling Straits? Whistling Straits. Oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be, be fun. Amazing. Ooh. I mean, you got, you got. DJ, you got DeChambeau, you got Brooks, you got Morikawa, Justin's playing well, JT. I mean, we're loaded. And the fans. And fans. Br- Bryson and Brooks together. Bryson huh? and Brooks. The dream pair. God, you got to <laughs> pair them up. That would be amazing. Yeah. Be I, don't think, I don't think Captain Stricker's going to put those two <laughs> no, within a mile no. of each other. <laughs> Not even close. Be like putting Tiger and Phil together. Oh, right. wait, they tried that. Yeah, that, that yeah. won't work. Ew. All right. Well, listen, from the British Open to another uh, international uh, spectacular hope, let's talk a little Olympics. Well, I tell you what, I used to look forward to the Olympics as a kid growing up. I mean, it was every wah, four years. Wah, wah. So exciting to think about the Summer Olympics and all the different sports and staying up late wherever they were to watch them. But this year... And, you know, kind of building, but this year, what a dud. I mean, I'm going to call this the no Olympics because there's going to be no fans. There's 11,000 athletes and officials descending upon Japan, which is under a state of emergency for COVID. Now they have only 20% of their population vaccinated. Tokyo uh, has an increase of 45% on average from last week. Um, the IOC claims that none of the athletes are at risk or the, or the people of Japan are at risk, but there's COVID breakouts everywhere you look. Uh, the Americans, you know, we've already got Coco Guff, who are tennis stars out. There's a gymnast alt- alternate who's already out and puts other gymnasts in jeopardy because of contact tracing. Uh, Bradley Beal is out because of contact tracing. Uh, the South African uh, soccer team is all under quarantine. They may not even play their first match unless they're negative in the ne- six hours before their match, which is three days away. Uh, Zach Great- Levine is now out too. Great Britain has six athletes and two officials under quarantine Ugh. because of contact tracing with a flight to Japan. Uh, this just has disaster written all over it. Um, and yet, you know, the IOC officials are determined to keep marching forward because canceling the games at this late hour would cost them billions of dollars. Um, so it's, it's really unfortunate, you know, I've got the, my virtual background is the Olympic stadium, what it's going to look like, which is sign placards instead of fans. And, you know, you think of the Olympic opening ceremonies as such a big deal. So, um, it is, it is regrettable, you know, what's happened, obviously, uh, Japan should have done a better job. Um, I don't know, you know, if they should go forward or not, 
at this point, it seems like they're just pushing it because of momentum and not because anybody wants to. In fact, 80% of the Japanese do not even want the games to be held in their country. Wow. And to make matters worse, and probably, you know, the coup de gras here is that they have anti sex beds. <laughs> yeah. In the Olympic Village made of. What cardboard. is an anti sex bed? It's cardboard, buddy, to try to keep people from preventing the COVID spread. You guys know that anti sex beds, right? <sighs> so. I just don't, I don't get it. <laughs> it's not gonna, it's I have not a really comfortable anti-sex bed. <laughs> well, that's, that's I have no that. idea. That's the what second this, thing I mean, that the seriously, athletes... they think that's going to prevent sex in the Olympic village is having a cardboard bed. They won't be creative and go elsewhere. I mean, other than on. getting a medal and competing for your country. Isn't that why athletes go to the Olympics is at a hookup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <My> God. <laughs> Oh, but, that is that is one gloomy, gloomy intro. I, mean, I know it is. Wow. It's depressing. Pope, aren't go you gonna jump have, off a bridge right now? <laughs> Pope, aren't you gonna have? Aren't you gonna have the TV on watching all these events? You know, it's gonna be on while I'm watching them. I don't know. I always get sucked in because of the human drama. Uh, you know, swimming, especially track and field. I mean, basketball, whatever. Um, Pope, this year. Pope's going to have a TV on, an iPad on, a laptop open, <laughs> and probably going to have a blow-up screen in the backyard, too. But I think even it, with the fans, we're kind of trending in the direction of less less interesting Olympics. You know, like, who who cares about boxing anymore? When we were young, that was a huge event. Yeah. And there are no stars. There, no, there are no stars in this year's Olympics. I mean, other oh, come on, Simone, other than our is Simone Biles. I mean, you got Hussein is out. Um, uh, Phelps, Phelps is out. That has spoken star? like a true American imperialist. I mean, <laughs> who's a superstar? I'm talking about America. Who's oh, a superstar? Okay. Well, who's a super- I, KD is the only superstar I can think of. And Simone. You don't like, I don't even uh, know who's carrying our flag in. Usually that's a really big deal. I mean, it's just, yeah. I don't know. The, the, nobody's really paying attention this year. You don't like April Ross on our beach volleyball team? Uh, I don't know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to post. You, neither did you until you just looked I might it up. Like All right. Well, let's, let's focus on some of these sports for a minute. Let's, let's get a little more focused. Milk, talk to us about swimming. Can COVID well, swim? <laughs> the COVID swim, the uh, well, you guys just brought it up. It's so this is interesting. I didn't realize this. Like, do you know the? Can y'all name the Olympics? The last time Phelps wasn't in it, twenty years ago, two thousand four, two thousand four, nineteen thirty four, Berlin, nineteen ninety six. That's I didn't what? know that bananas. That is bananas. He started Atlanta? in two thousand. His first Olympic games were in 2000. That's Atlanta, bananas. 96. So, wow. yeah, 23 gold medals, by the way, he had. Uh, so, you know, that's the story, I think, for swimming is like, this is the first time in this uh, millennium that no Phelps, uh, there's no big names on the men's side. You know, the other kind of big name was kind of always paired with him was Ryan uh, Lochte or what about what about Ian Thorpe? Is he in this year? Uh, the Torpedo. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Mark <laughs> Spence. Torpedo. 
So now they've got there's some up and comers like you, y'all. Caleb Dressel, he's supposed to be the next Michael Phelps. Uh, this guy Ryan Murphy, who killed it four years ago in the backstroke. So those guys are back. But really, the exciting side of swimming is on the women's side. We had, you guys didn't mention her, Katie Ledecky. She's a big star. Man. That's a star. All right, that's, that's a star. A star. I've, that's- I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, so she's the uh, the 800 meter freestyle, three time Olympic gold, coming back uh, to to in Simone Manuel, somewhat familiar name. She's the 50 mil, 50 meter freestyle defending gold champion. So those those are the kind of the big names. I think they're you know the I I always love the relays in swimming. It's always against us and like the Australians coming down to that. But this is an interesting stat. Do you know how many gold medals that the U.S. has in Olympic swimming total? This is crazy. Just to show how much we dominate swimming, 244 gold medals. Wow. wow. And the next is track and oh. field in, in the 300s. Hey, Milk, just- I got to ask you a question on swimming because you were almost an Olympic swimmer. Very yeah, accomplished I was, Well, swimmer. I was very close. Very close. Yes. Do I know this sounds kind of stupid, but do fans in the stands matter for swimmers? Like all that excitement in the stadium, I obviously half the time they're under the water, but do you think that affects that sport at all? I mean, I don't know. I think in the, I think in the relay, I can see it helping. Yeah. And they're all waiting and there's kind of the screaming going on and things like that. But I mean, if you're just going straight head on in a 200 meter, hundred meter event, I don't, I don't think it matters at all. It's all about no, if this, if the SMQBs did a hundred meter freestyle, first of all, oh. how many would finish <laughs> and how, how would we place? I think I dominate all you guys. <laughs> you and seem, I'm, you seem very buoyant. You seem very buoyant. <laughs> wait, wait, is a triple Lindy part of it? Cause I, I'm a, <laughs> I think nobody's Pope beating be nobody's a good beating, diver. Great diver. Nobody's yeah. beating Pope in the diving competition. Yes. Nope. I actually like the diving event, by the way. I'm a big fan. I'll tune yeah. in on that. Yeah. yeah. So that's well, it. I mean, I think we'll we'll see what these up and comers do. It'll be weird without Phelps. Um, I don't know. I guess he is he going? He's not gonna be there, right? I mean, he might well, no, I guess he can't go. They can't have any spectators, right? He's oh, that's right. You know, but the thing that's a little unfair is before there was Phelps in 2000, everybody's like, well, there's never, there's no, there's no Mark Spitz anymore. Like there, of course, we're at the start of a new era for swimming. There could be the next Phelps. Like, yes, there are no, there are no household name stars, but Rooster, there's definitely going to be an emerging star for sure. Well, and it's crazy how good he was. Up until he started, the most gold medals by a swimmer was Spitz with nine. He has 23. Jeez. Jeez. I mean, just absolutely dominated. Well, look, the Olympics are a live in the moment thing, right? I mean, these these people are amateur athletes for the most part. You're not going to hear about them again. And that's that's what makes it fun. That's you know, that's why the why you root for them so much. So let's let's move on to another sport. I'm going to talk about baseball for a minute. Uh, baseball is back. It hasn't been in the Olympics since 2008. Um, of course, and, and I like this because we don't have major league baseball players 
playing in the Olympics because, of course, the season is going on. And that's okay. That's okay with me. I would prefer to see uh, amateurs in basketball and baseball and everything. Uh, you know, the, the dream team was fun, but, you know, whatever. So on this uh, team, I want to know who these players yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, this is a cliffhanger. So, okay, so here's a good one. You've got um, you've got a guy named from the Miami Marlins organization named um, something Alvarez, who actually won a silver medal in Sochi in 2014 in the 5,000 meter speed skating relay. Okay, what? So yeah, so this guy is now trying what? to win a, win a gold in baseball, but he actually won the silver. Uh, in 5,000 meter speed skating. So in the keep winter eye- Olympics? Uh-huh. Yeah. He, his baseball career didn't really take off so, until that. Are these guys all in the minors or are they college players? Yeah. They're both. Both. I mean, they, they put so, together USA baseballs. Right. What about the Vanderbilt pitchers like Leiter and Rocker? I they bet they're not. I the bet Olympics? they don't do it. I, no, they're not playing. Um, you know, USA baseball is ongoing. Remember, they have the World Baseball Championship and and so USA baseball is an ongoing sort of entity. Um, I don't think those guys are playing. There's just too much at stake for their teams to let so them So what you're play. saying is we're going to get our asses kicked. Probably. But it, Rooster, is your, is your uh, Yankees pitcher pitching for Japan? I don't think so, no. Which one are you was. talking about? Don't uh, – who is it, Tanaka or uh... – oh, oh, Tanaka, he – yeah, he pitches for – Japanese pro team now. I don't think they. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, he's not an amateur. Not. Not. I would think there's a lot of pressure on Japan in this Olympics in baseball. I mean, this is a big source of pride for them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So baseball will be fun. Um, Softball also. uh, It's softball will not be played in Paris in 2024. It could go back to the LA games when when we go to 2028. But for so you have to get your softball fix this year because uh, it's not it's not going to be played in 24. You have six teams playing in softball. You have Japan, the U.S., Italy, Mexico, Canada, and Australia. They'll all play each other one time, and then based on record, uh, they'll play for the gold and and, and the bronze. Um, I assume we dominate softball. I mean, don't we have to? We have hopefully to. That, hopefully that hopefully that woman don't. from James Madison will be pitching. Yeah, I mean, who, there's uh, just, who, who yeah, such a sensation not too long ago. Who was yeah. that, that pitcher, the Arizona girl? Jenny. Fen- Jenny Finch. Jenny, Jenny, Finch. Jenny Finch. Yes. Yeah, yes. she could throw some heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the, the, a lot of drama, though, a lot of drama this year in badminton. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, this is, this is a sport that is, Typically dominated by the Republic of China. Uh, I think they've won 18 of the 34 gold medals that have that have been contested to date. But there are a lot of the hometown Japanese who are looking to to uh, walk away with medals this year. Kento Momada is probably the favorite on the men's side. Don't don't sleep on him. Um, the reigning Olympic champion. Long, I, think we've, Chinese. I think we've finally found the sport that Bison knows the most about. <laughs> Bison, you, name name one you guys, player and the other two, but he's got the badminton guys, guys. 
You guys don't know Chen Long from China is is trying to uh, he's trying to do what what uh, Lin Dan did, which is win back to back Olympic titles. You <laughs> <laughs> can't even do this with a straight face. <laughs> Lin Dan, who oh, can forget God. Lin Dan? <laughs> Lin Dan. Do you like oh my the, God! Is he in the Dan Band? Is, is that the Michael the Winter Olympic? Wait, is that the Michael Phelps of badminton? That, Wait a minute, we've got it. We've got to cover the women's side too. Uh, the reigning champ, Carolina Marin, a Spaniard, she is out because of a knee injury recently suffered. So that's tragic. Tragic. Um, but <laughs> Rio uh, bronze medalist Okahara Nozomi from Japan. Uh, is really going after it. It's her home court, and uh, I think that may be enough to push her gold. What is the uh, – What is? do you get Do you get a shuttlecock advantage if you're at home court? <laughs> wow. We need an export desperately <laughs> right oh now. God. We were just about to get a sponsor. I am all in on badminton we were ju- now. We were just about to get a sponsor. Just the last thing is don't sleep on Let's go to archery. TV. Hurry up. Let's I'm- go to archery. Don't sleep on PV Sindhu, who's also a threat and uh, also another uh, Japanese player. So badminton is going to be very exciting this year. It's wide open. Uh, the Japanese players will have the home court advantage, and, and that's probably going to push them to some medals. And with that, Rooster, let's talk about basketball. <laughs> much much well, drier. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can uh, be as interesting as you just were, but uh, the U.S. men's team, since uh, the Olympics allowed pros, have won six of the last seven gold medals since 1992. Um, but this is certainly not the dream team. We've got one megastar in KD. We've got two lesser superstars, maybe. You might call them superstars in Dame and maybe Tatum, but he's hurt with a knee. And then <clears throat> until the NBA finalists show up, we got a raggedy collection of role players playing with these guys. And, you know, there was a little bit of panic for Team USA recently when they lost two exhibition games in a row to Nigeria and Australia. Before that, the team in the history of the team had only lost two exhibition games, um, at least since 92. Um, Yesterday, we did beat Spain, so that was good. Um, So the I still think they're going to take the gold, (laughs) however, because... We have the preliminary round starting off against France next Sunday. We then play Iran, and then the winner of this play-in going on in Canada. We can get through those, and then by the time we get to the knockout rounds, the quarterfinals on August 3rd, the semis on the 5th, and then the medal round on the 7th. Hopefully by then, Booker, um, Drew Holiday, and – Chris Middleton are assimilated into the team. And then I think if you've got those three guys playing with KD and Dame in the starting lineup, there's not another team that can hang with them. So I still think Booster, is that the, is that the thought that they're coming over the guy, the guys from the NBA finals are going to make yeah, it who's going the team? from the, yeah, those three guys have committed to playing. Oh, okay. That's really? a big difference. Okay. Yeah. That makes a big difference. I yeah. think it does. So I still think we're looking good. If we, uh, if we can get those three guys, if not, um, we have a problem because with just KD and Dame so far, we haven't looked good. Has uh, anyone ever fact, heard of Keldon Johnson? Not until today. Um, Who is that? Apparently, he, he played well Sunday, but I was talking to your partner, Harris, um, 
who went to one of the exhibition games in Vegas. And he said, Hey, you know, I follow the NBA and I didn't recognize the names of half the players on the court on our team. And he's one of them. He plays for the Spurs. Okay. Never heard of him before today. No. The women's team, uh, which I like to call team Yukon, um, they haven't lost a single game in almost 30 years. That's how what? good they've been. What? Wow. That is true. In almost 30 years, the wow. women's team has not lost a game. In, That's crazy. in international play period or just Olympics? In the Olympic play. They've won six straight gold medals, but they too are experiencing a changing in the guard. <clears throat> so you've got Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi playing for their fifth Olympic gold. But Diana Taurasi's hurt, and Sue Bird is 40 years old. With them, they have a collection of some other pretty good stars like Griner and Stewie from UConn um, and others. But they have six new players who are like rookies in the WNBA. So it'll be interesting to see if, um, if they can pull it off. They've only had two exhibition games and one practice so far. So they Would can you say that be- they are – they are sort of like the Chen Long of, of women's basketball. I would say uh, don't sleep on Chen Long or the women's U.S. team coached by Dawn Staley from University of Virginia. I think that uh, you put Griner out there from Baylor, who's six foot nine. There aren't too many people in the world who can guard her. And this Stewie from, uh, from UConn is a scoring machine. I think they still got the goods off the goal right. do you know do you know anything i i haven't looked it up but i i saw a note today that they have added also this year three on three basketball i did see that too yeah that's that's true i don't know a damn thing about that's it. an olympic yeah. three on three it's an olympic sport this year they're playing like, it with like g league players though or d league or whatever they're they're not like playing when you sit it with, uh, outside your fraternity house with a keg and and play <laughs> yeah. in the afternoon i mean that's a sport that is interesting. there's a whole league there's a whole league in vegas it's made up yeah. of uh, recently retired NBA guys, mostly. By the well, way, they you are know, doing... You know, there is a standing challenge for the SMQBs. Toby and I will play the three of you anytime you want it. Anytime. I wasn't aware of that. Put, Always put, up for know, a challenge. Know, give, me the, give me the ball on the perimeter. Just give it to, <laughs> take us to the Take us to the volleyball court. Uh, so one of the most exciting... Olympic sports just behind badminton are the volleyball offerings in the Olympics. Uh, As you all know, there's both the indoor volleyball six on six teams. And then there's the beach volleyball of uh, two person teams. And there's both men's and women's both indoor and outdoor. So uh, volleyball actually debuted in the Olympics in Tokyo in 1964. So it's making its return to the place where it debuted uh, on the men's side, the heavy favorite. And just, is- just to be fair, just to be, to be clear, we, we all think about men's indoor volleyball exactly every four years and that's it. Right. I think so. Is that, I, that's yeah. Karch, okay. Karch Karai still playing, right? I, he, he's there. Um, I, I not, think about but, it during the Olympics. Um, <laughs> heavily favored on the men's side is Brazil. Now, here's an interesting little factoid I heard about for this Olympics. You know that famous Polish player, Wilfredo Leon? Of course. He, yeah. he, uh, he used to dominate uh, or Cuba 
but I suppose somewhere in his lineage, he's got some Polish uh, relatives. And so Wilfredo Leon has moved over from the Cuban team to the Polish team. He is called the Cristiano Ronaldo of volleyball. And so Wilfredo Leon is going to help Poland push Brazil. Don't be surprised if you see a Brazil-Poland finals because of Wilfredo Leon. Uh, USA uh, is has a team on both the men's and women's side. Unfortunately, with the two pools and the round robin, they have in each of their pool on the men's side, they have to face Brazil. So they kind of are stopped there. And on the women's side, uh, the USA team is on the same side as China. Uh, China is heavily favored on the women's side. Um, also look out for Serbia and Italy. Now on the beach, um, there are 24 teams that play in preliminaries in various pools. Uh, here's an interesting stat about beach volleyball. A USA beach volleyball team, either men's or women's, has medaled in every single beach volleyball in the Olympics since it debuted in 1996. Yeah. So we've done very well on the beach. Um, you may see an end to that. Um, USA is not returning any of its teams that previously played in the Olympics. Uh, it's the men's team um, that is uh, showing up, played. Uh, one of their guys made it fifth in Rio when the Olympics was last played. So look on the men's side for Brazil, Norway, and Russia. On the women's side, we have our best chance. Uh, you all know of April Ross. She used to be paired up with Kerry Walsh Jennings, and that was that kind of famous beach oh, volleyball yeah. pairing. Yeah, yeah. dominated after, after, after Misty right? retired. Oh, yeah. yeah after yeah. Misty made it, so it was Misty May Kerry and Kerry Walsh, Walsh Jennings. Yeah. Yeah. Misty retired, and then Kerry Walsh Jennings continued. Now she's got a new. Uh, then she left. Now April Ross, who was paired with Kerry Walsh Jennings, April Wal Ross is now linked with Alex Kleinman. So look for the Ross Kleinman team to possibly medal in women's beach volleyball. That's going to be our best chance. Russian beach volleyball. I can't wait. I'm going to, you have to wear sunglasses to watch those pasty white people out well, there. On, how about Norwegian on the women, beach volleyball? On the women's side, the U.S. will face stiff competition from Canada, Australia, Germany, and Brazil. I am looking forward to watching the beach volleyball. It's always exciting. Um, also in gymnastics, I think, uh, we all know about the women's team headed up by Simone Biles. You'll hear also a lot from an Olympian named Sunisa Lee. Um, I think the women's team will likely dominate, uh, in gymnastics. We have a fantastic team, the men's team, not so much. But amongst the uh, 33 sports and 339 events this year, there are several new sports this year in the Olympics. Um, believe it or not, I was surprised to hear this, but karate is a new sport in the Olympics. They've oh, had, yeah, they've had, tae, they've had Taekwondo in the past. They've had Judo. But this is the first time karate is appearing in the Olympics. In addition, mm -hmm. surfing, skateboarding, and sport climbing – now, after I learned about sport climbing, I'm going to be watching this. This sounds actually cool. There are three different events in sport climbing. One is speed. Whoever races up the wall fastest, which normally takes less than 10 seconds. 
A second is called uh, lead, which is how far they can go up before falling. <laughs> I mean, that sounds kind of crazy. And bouldering, wow. bouldering where they're going up without ropes or harness. Um, so speed bouldering and lead that's in sport climbing, um, in skateboarding, there's both, uh, the park, like you guys see with the bowls, uh, in the skateboarding parks and also street look for Nija Houston from the United States, a 26 year old look for, uh, a Japanese skateboarder named Yuto Harasume, who is apparently famous in Japan to challenge. And because there's no age limit in, um, in skateboarding, you're going to see top competitors, uh, Misugo Okamudo, who's 14 years old, and Sky Brown of Britain, who's 12 years old. These two, 12 year old and 14 year old, are pushing wow. for medals in the Olympics. Wow. And so, wow. And also, in addition, although they're not new sports altogether, they're added to basketball, three on three basketball, to cycling. There's a two person event called Madison Cycling. And BMX freestyle has been added to some of the X game sports. So look for those new sports. Wow. I'm, I'm going to right. check out the sport climbing sport. And climbing. just, just one more to cover. And, you know, some think of him as the Kento Momada of soccer, Olympic soccer, podcasting Pope. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about soccer. So I got, I got one question for you house. Which group is the U S in men's uh, in soccer? Yeah. No, the soccer I don't, group. I don't know. Yeah, they're not. Milk. They're not. We're not they in it. Remember, we are not they didn't in qualify. Didn't, we didn't didn't put punch us in the team. face? Not yeah, in the tournament. Yes. Yeah, we didn't put up our normal team on purpose. Unbelievable. Not in the tournament. So actually, this is the third straight Olympics. U.S. men's has not been in the tournament. So I guess that's right. Disappointing, but not that not that surprising. The the thing about the and I'll cover the men's first. But the thing about men's tournament is it's twenty three and under. Uh, Actually, this year is 24 and under because there was an extra year added. And you can have three senior players exempted. But mainly, it's a tournament that's a proving ground for future players. Um, the, the guys that we talk about all the time for, you know, Premier League, for the Italian League, those guys, they're not going to be uh, Mbop. Those guys from Paris, they're not going to be on this. Mbop. Not going to be. Mbappe. Not going to be uh, in the Olympics. So, you know, there aren't really any star names that you think of. Uh, Brazil and Spain are probably going to be the one, two, um, there's group play. There's 16 teams. Uh, they'll have groups of four and then they'll have, you know, the top two from each go to a knockout round. Um, but I think that, you know, from a men's perspective, um, it's not going to be as interesting as the women's tournament because this year the U S team, the juggernaut that it is, is going to try to do something that no women's team has done yet. And that is the double-double, which is after you win the World Cup, you win the gold medal. Mm. U.S. has tried it a number of times, uh, as have other countries, and nobody has been successful. But this year, U.S. is coming in with 42 straight wins. Uh, they've got the names everybody knows, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, and Carly Lloyd. Uh, they're probably not going to be challenged that much. If any team's going to potentially challenge them, could be Brazil or the Netherlands. Sweden, which knocked the U.S. women's team out in quarters uh, with PK in 2016, could be a sleeper. Uh, some people think Japan, uh, as the host country, might make a run. Um, but, you know, it, it's clearly the U.S. women's team to lose. And 
I, I think certainly from a U.S. perspective, since we don't have a men's team, uh, that's going to be where the focus is on the U.S. women's soccer team. That's where actually a lot of our Olympic stars are going to be found. Wasn't it right, China you know, or Japan? Who did they beat to win the World Cup? Wasn't it one of them? It was China. In yeah, 19... It China. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was either... Brazil, wasn't it? No. This it was, year? It was China. No, it was 2019. It was, it was the winner of the Canada-Japan game, I believe, right? That U.S. played and won. That's what I'm, I'm wondering it was, if it's Japan. It's, yeah. That would so be now that we've... Now that we've uh, contradicted my earlier statement about no stars by mentioning Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, and all the women's uh, soccer players, I'm reminded, too, that in tennis, uh, Naomi Osaka is playing for Japan. Oh. And, mm. and the Joker the Joker is going for the um, Golden Slam after winning the Australian, yep. the French Opens, and Wimbledon. He's now going for the Olympic gold. So... There's some, I guess there is a little bit of star power. Are no, no Rafa, no Fed. No, Rafa, None of those no guys Fed. are playing. Oh, no. so Joker's going to win it all. Yeah, it's going to be like a layup, like Wimbledon. He won't even be contested. So, yeah. is anyone going to talk about track? Allison Felix, that's a superstar. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just dominate track. Well, but but you know. Who, Hope you're old enough to remember this. Isn't it? Isn't it funny how boxing has just fallen off the, the oh. intre- in interest? Yeah, I mean Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, remember when Tia Felix Stevens way back now. Spinks Leonard. Spinks I mean, they had Leonard. a team that was loaded from heavyweight down to. Oh, like, Riddick Bowe was a was an Olympic uh, yeah. Yeah. fighter. Yeah, that's but because bo- of MMA. boxing in general. Yeah. MMA will be in the Olympics soon. M- MMA has o- over, over, overshadowed it, so I think that's why boxing has lost its luster. But I agree; it used to be, a, you definitely turn on boxing to watch that stuff. Well, I think I think at this point, despite uh, Rooster and Pope's um, Debbie Downer evaluation <laughs> of the Olympics, I think we've given everybody a, a solid reason to tune in and, and enjoy the games. Well, for um, sure, I'll be watching with badminton. If you're not, I mean, I don't want to hear about it. But by the way, it was United States 2, Netherlands 0 in the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup final. Netherlands. So it was the Netherlands. All right. Move on. Do we have, Rooster, a punchable face of this week? Come on, man. We had a lot of candidates. Um, never lets us down. They always are. <laughs> Sterling Castro, Richard Sherman, oh. Bryson oh. DeChambeau blaming his club manufacturer. But I'm going to give the punchable face this week to the European, the racist European fans out there who love these guys when they're scoring goals and winning races. But the first time anything goes wrong, I mean, they just get out of control. And to some extent, they're almost encouraged by some of the governments. But we talked about last week what happened with Marcus Rashford, Jadon Sancho, and uh, Saka after England lost to Italy. 
Um, I mean, it was disgusting, really. There were there were defi- defacing the the mural of Rasford in his hometown. Um, the racial, you know, comments were just awful. And now, after the F1 race <clears throat> yesterday, where Lewis Hamilton spun out for stopping, and there, you know, there's a we all had the debate: was anyone at fault? Was it just race a racing incident? Um, you know, Lewis Hamilton has been knighted. It's, he's Sir Lewis Hamilton. He's won 17 world championships and over one controversial collision with Max. Um, you know, social media is just has been inundated with racial slurs against the guy to the point where um, the, the Mercedes team and the Red Bull team have put out statements um, condone not are disavowing all these statements and, and saying, you know, it just has to end. It's just these platforms have gotten out of control. And uh, I think this will play it hopefully into um, Pope's Ted Lasso moment. But um, the European fans have got to rein this in because they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to have uh, situations where they're going to have to close down some of these fans. Um, at Wembley, I don't know if you guys heard, but at Wembley, they had zero crowd control. There were people there faking uh, passes to get into this thing. There were families who paid tons of money for tickets only to find other people in their seats who didn't belong there. And 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 the families left because they were afraid for their own safety. Yeah. And they just need to rein this stuff in. It's but ruining Richard, the sport. Just to, just for our fans who might not follow, just to give flavor to what you're talking about, because it's a really serious thing what you're talking about. Just run down what happened there between Hamilton and Verstappen, because people may not be familiar either with them or their racing teams or the incident. So it was the F1 uh, race, British Grand Prix. Verstappen had the pole. He's in first position. Hamilton's in second position. And it's pretty clear that Hamilton is going to have to pass him in the first couple or three laps or else for stopping is going to run away with it because his car is a little bit better this season. And it was an aggressive, aggressive race where Lewis was trying to pass him on every curve. Uh, he gets to this one tight curve. He takes the inside position for has got the outside position and they're both as close to the inside position as they can be for has got all kinds of room to his left. And I think he assumed that Lewis was going to back off and not take the inside pass. And so he moved over for stop and moved over to the right even further. And um, Lewis clipped his rear tire and sent him into a spin, sent him into the wall. Verstappen was taken to the hospital to get checked out. Uh, his team didn't like the penalty. Lewis got a 10-second penalty. They thought it was not um, strict enough or not severe enough. Verstappen was texting from his bed saying that Lewis shouldn't have been celebrating the victory. Anyway, with a 10-second penalty, Lewis goes on to catch up to the leaders and eventually pass Charles Leclerc with two laps to go in a 52-lap race. So this happened in the second or third lap. In the 50th lap, he he catches up to Leclerc. Fortunately for him, his teammate, Botas, was in third place at the time and gave Lewis an easy pass. That's the benefit of having a strong team. And he catches Leclerc and passes him. And he passes Leclerc on the very same curve where this spin out occurred with the very same move. And Leclerc moved over. 
and let and let him through because he didn't he just wasn't the risk taker that Verstappen is. So, you know, it's debatable who was who was to blame. Neither of them, Verstappen, Hamilton, it's debatable, but it's certainly just a race issue, not a not a, a motor racing issue, not a race issue. And the fans turned it into a race issue and, and went after Lewis on with hate and, and bigotry. Sad. And I, for that, I'm giving the European fans a punch in the face. Grow up. Stop being such racists. Our first back-to-back winners, too, of Punchable Face of the Week. <laughs> and I Congrats, think that's Europe. the first uh, continent we've ever punched. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's since true. since 1776, at least. Oh, whoa, 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 make America USA, baby. Take your King George and go home. Yeah. A lot of doubt. All right. And on a happy note. Yeah. Let's lasso it up. Lasso. (laughs) Do it, Pope. So, you know, we call this feel-good story in sports when we have them. We don't have them every week. Uh, We call it a Ted Lasso. Bison, I give you all the credit for coming up with the name. Uh, But it's very rare when you can award the Ted Lasso to Ted Lasso. But Jason Sudeikis, who is the actor that plays the character Ted Lasso on the Apple TV series, uh, showed up at season two premiere, which starts, uh, I believe it's on Friday, uh, season two. So all of you guys out there, uh, the Ted Lasso fans, it's coming soon. And uh, Apple, if you're looking for a sponsor, we're happy to help. Uh, <laughs> so Ted Lasso uh, premiere, Jason Sudeikis shows up, and this ties in with Rooster's Punch uh, of the week and uh, House's attempted punch last week in Vegas to... <laughs> counteract the racist English fans. And he's got a t-shirt sweatshirt on uh, with the three names of the black soccer players from England who were uh, taunted and, and uh, racial epithets were given to uh, thrown at them after they missed their penalty kicks in the Euro final. Uh, it is Bakayo Saka, uh, Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford. And Ted Lasso, uh, the shirt that Jason wore, it was Jaden, Marcus, and Bacayo. He said he stood uh, with them, and he said he felt particular, uh, you know, kindred with them because over here in the U.S. we were going through some of the same issues, and he wanted to stand for solidarity with those guys. So Ted Lasso, uh, the great American football coach who is leading the soccer team uh, on the Apple TV series, is our Ted Lasso of the week. Woohoo. Good one. Good Ted Lasso. Pope. Nice. By the way, Good Apple, job, Ted Lasso, we've been promoting Ted Lasso for 25 episodes now, and you won 20 Emmy nominations. So you're welcome. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Victory lap for the SMQBs again. That's right. The SMQBs strike again. <laughs> all right, guys, Anything else? Anything else we got to cover? I think we we touched on it all. Watch that F1 space. That's going to be fun. About halfway through the season, Drink. just a few points separating uh, the separating the the two 
leaders in the individual and in the constructors championship. So there's going to be a lot of drama there. Hun- Hungarian Grand Prix is going to be must see TV. And yeah. my my son watched the new Space Jam this weekend, and he likes the first oh one the first one better. Oh so the goat wins again. It got something like thirty three on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's terrible, terrible, Jordan, terrible. One LeBron zero. Scary uh, moment at your park there, Bison. Oh yeah, Nats yeah. Park. That was a yeah. really scary moment in sports with yeah, the gunshot ringing right outside Nats Park. And credit to Machado and Tatis who brought the fans in from the stands to bring them into safety in the dugout. Shows they're good guys. Yeah, and uh, the the Nats manager uh, he he brought guys into his into his office. He brought uh, fans into his office in the under the tunnel too. And and if you listen to Davies. Um, his press conference the next day, uh, really emotional about it. So I think, um, you know, listen, you hear gunshots now, you, you don't know. I mean, the, the numbers of mass shootings in this country, you don't know if that's somebody in the stadium. Uh, it turned out it was outside. It was it was two cars shooting at each other. Um, people were injured. But, uh, you know, I, I think it probably put – Rightfully so, the, the the fear of God into anybody who's in that stadium and didn't know what was happening. So, um, totally. you know, yeah, high fives to everybody who who tried to protect the fans there, including guys on the other team. All right, all right, fellas. Anything you, I'm else? For, I'm rooting for USA this week. How about you guys? Go USA, USA. Yeah, USA, USA and uh, and of course. Uh, Okuhara Nozoma from Japan will get a few uh, roots too for me. So, so enjoy much the Olympics episode than 24. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go back listen, to Vegas. To the, listen and rate this one, not 24, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in the hidden vault. All right, guys. Have yeah. a good week, everybody. This. We'll talk to you. Sky!